and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters, all about copywriting. So here we go. You've finally finished writing your client's copy. The homepage is wow. The content pages are engaging and you've done just the right amount of SEO to keep those pesky Google hummingbirds singing. But you've forgotten something. That's right, your microcopy. I know, I know microcopy isn't sexy, and it's certainly not the kind of copy people rave about. In fact, if microcopy were at a party, it would be lurking by the door, pointing out where the toilets are, while sales copy was busy showing off to the crowd. But these teeny tiny snippets of text can have a huge impact on the success of your client's website. So in this week's podcast, we're going to tell you how to write awesome microcopy. My name's Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter, the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success online learning hub. And with me today, as always, is the lovely Belinda Weaver. Hello, everyone. My name is Belinda Weaver. I am also a copywriter. My business is Copyright Matters and I'm the creator of the Copywriting Masterclass. Okay. So today we're talking microcopy. Do you love a bit of microcopy, Belinda? I do. I do. I love a bit of cheeky microcopy. Sometimes when you see a really good bit of microcopy, it makes you take a breath and go, I wish I'd written that. It's genius. Yeah. But I guess we should start by explaining what it is in case you don't know. So microcopy is the term for small bits of copy on either a website interface or wherever that basically helps users do stuff. It's often defined as error messages or contact form explainers, little hint boxes that come up on e-commerce sites and so on and so forth. It doesn't sell your services or your products directly, but it's really powerful. It's directional, it's instructional and because you can be a little bit playful with it sometimes, it can really help up, back up your tone of voice and your brand values. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. The um, I think the, the number one goal of microcopy is to make the user experience much easier. That's that's to me. That's the whole point of it. And as you said, Kate, it's little bits and pieces here and there, error messages, instructional text field labels, drop downs, any kind of thing that helps someone move from one state to another. And I think where we see a lot of it is in um, messages, either confirmation messages or resolving issues. So, error messages and stuff like that. And you know, basically, this is the the tissue that connects every other part of your copy, which sounds very dramatic. But if your microcopy is out of step with everything else, you're going to lose that connection. You were talking about the brand values and stuff like that. It can really boost up the experience that someone is having connecting with your brand, which is really important online. It totally is. So, you know, you, you, you for example, if you've got like a really chatty homepage and then you get to the form where you give your email address and you make a mistake and it's like, error, the information you have provided is incorrect. Please resubmit. It's like, well, all of a sudden I was having this nice chat with the brand and I was really engaged and it was all lovely. And then your form feels like it's a completely different brand. Like the messaging there just yeah. feels like someone else. So yeah, microcopy is all about alleviating customer concerns and easing people through the sticking points on your website. We all have them. There are all things on our website that some people are going to find 
difficult to do. And most often that's to do with forms. You know, you need to fill out this, but, you know, make sure that the classic example would be those dreadful password error messages. You know, your password oh, must yeah. contain a full stop, a percentage, a capital letter, you know, and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. But you can do those in a fun way if you do them well. Um, there's a guy called Bill Beard. I don't know if you've heard of Bill Beard. I assume he has a beard. And he says, everyone frets about marketing copy and they should, but communication doesn't stop once you've sold the user. Uh, Microcopy is an essential part of closing the sale. You can have the most compelling sales page in the world, but if when they click through to the actual buying mechanism, they stumble over the phone, they don't know where to click, they don't know what to put in the boxes, you're going to lose them and all your hard work will be gone. So mm. you've persuaded the user that your product or service is awesome and now you need to make buying it or contacting you to talk about it as easy as possible. So, it, But I often find, and I don't know if you do too, that so many copywriters ignore this super important copy. Do you find that? Yeah, I think so because well, my own personal view is that it's defaulted in by lots of themes that we're using on websites. So, some people, um, business owners, copywriters, they just don't notice that there are actually tons and tons of little messages and little bits of copy everywhere because it's all defaulted in. Um, and mm. I think people are uncertain about changing it. So, maybe they're uncertain about what their brand should say and who their brand or what their brand is about. So, they feel uncertain about having that personality in. But I think more commonly, people just don't notice that they're there so they don't feel like it's something that they can change. Yeah, that's it. I think, especially if it's your own site, you don't often go through and try and fill out your own contact form. But when you do, you'll find that there are little messages that come up. Now, with most website platforms, especially WordPress, you can alter that copy. So, you know, if we're talking about microcopy in the context of your own copywriting site, and maybe you've got a WordPress site, maybe you're using something like Contact Form 7 or Gravity Forms, you can actually go into that plugin and change every message. So, even confirmation messages so someone submitted the contact form and instead of it saying thank you we will get back to you at the very least go in and change it to thank you i will get back to you yeah. because you've probably spoken in the singular throughout your whole site so yes i agree i think people don't notice it and don't realize they can change it but two really good points there so how about we talk through some examples of microcopy? Um, I mean, there are oodles. I see it every day, and often it's the sort of thing that you want to screen capture and share. Some brands do it fabulously. Um, I guess one of the most familiar types of microcopy, one that we see nearly every day, is the Facebook status message. If you're one of like me and you're in Facebook mm -hmm. all the time. Uh, so when you log into your page, you see a timeline, there's a box where you can start typing. And you may not even notice the fact that it says, uh, what's on your mind, Kate? It used to just say, what's on your mind? It said various things over the year, over the years. So even that, like it's, it's prompting you. It's not an empty box. It could just be an empty box, couldn't it? We all know that in that box we type yeah. something. But Facebook have thought long and hard about not saying, what are you up to? What are you doing? How do you feel? It's what's on your mind, Kate. wonder why they chose that one. <laughs> I think it's... um. As you said, I reckon a lot of thought has been put. There's probably focus groups on focus groups yeah. on this kind of thing. But I think it, it's it goes to the heart of what Facebook says it's all about, which is kind of keeping people connected. Because when you're connected, you share what's on your mind, not necessarily what you're doing. It makes it a it makes it a conversation and a more personal one rather than a spraying broadcast message. 
Yeah, totally. But even then they could have written, what are you thinking about? Or share something with your friends. So, you know, thought has got into that. I don't think anything happens on Facebook without a lot of thought, but you're going to see lots of other examples. Once you start, it's like, it's like when you decide you want to buy a yellow car, suddenly you start seeing yellow cars everywhere. Now you're switched on to look for microcopy. You're going to start seeing it everywhere. Um, Another place, and I'll use Facebook again. And what we'll do is I'll include some screen captures of these in the show notes, just in case you've never used Facebook, you weirdo. Um, (laughs) Another great place to look is the Facebook sign-up page. Remember that? I don't know when you signed up. I I think it was 2007 for me but what do you think i'm going to test you now belinda what do you think yeah. are the two biggest blocks for people signing up for facebook apart from the fact that it might consume your life well, what do you think is going to put people off i think i would say privacy that they're going to want to know everything about me so i'm going to have to give too much information that i'm comfortable in um and mm-hmm. i'll have to pay one day that that would be one the day they're going to make us pay for yeah. it yeah, totally. Um, and so what Facebook does is they address both those concerns head on, not in loads and oodles of body copy. There isn't a paragraph on the sign-up page saying, hey, we want to reassure you that we will never do this and never do that. There's no big guarantee sticker. They actually include this in only in microcopy. So they address both concerns in the sign-up box and their form explains that the service is free forever. And that if you're and then when you get to the date of birth field, it says if you're nervous about giving your date of birth, it gives you a message about that too and explains why they need it. Um, so what I'm saying here is that microcopy isn't just about telling people that their email address wasn't correctly formatted or that their password needs to have uh, an exclamation mark in it. It's about easing the sales process, about offering reassurance and persuading the user. So Mm. I also personally think it's a great place to really stretch those tone of voice muscles and show the brand's sense of humor. So a little little while back, this is a quite an old example, but a long time ago, I had realized that people had trouble um, with my contact form. Um, the, the form just needed you to put the HTTP dot colon slash slash bit before the website address. You know, it just needed you to. I don't know why I couldn't get it to stop needing that. So I had to write a little error message or a little, you know, microcopy explaining this. So that it was like, you know, hey, just make sure you add the bit of HTTPS at the start. I know it's annoying, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't like the most hilarious piece of copy, but I used it rather than just going, please add HTTPS at the start. That's my Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. <laughs> I was more like... Hey, it's a pain in the bum, but you need to add this, you know, and that helped. That's my contact form. So already I was showing people who were contacting me the kind of tone of voice that I used. And the result, by just adding that tiny bit of copy, I never had any more issues with website addresses. So, you know, there you go. Boom. I think my biggest tip of when you're writing microcopy, like the, the things we're talking about, is if you wouldn't say it to someone in front of you, you probably shouldn't write it down either because <laughs> yeah. that's when you kind of veer it. You, you know, people sort of go, oh, I have to be really quirky and hilarious. No, <laughs> no, you just have to help someone get from the point that they're at to the next point you want. And I think that's the thing about, I mean, my own microcopy, I just want – after someone does something, like from a successful something to, or a problematic something, I want the next message to make them feel motivated to continue. So I want it to maybe fix the problem or, or give them a little high five. So it's an opportunity to delight someone, sure, but basically I just want them to feel motivated to keep going. 
So I love that. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. for me, it's the success messages on my forms, um, mm-hmm. instructions on forms. Um, also, with the success success messages on my forms, the one that came with uh, my email tool, it's a fine perfectly fine one but it's not really me so I just simply changed it to you know hey ho you did it well done and it was just but I would say that to someone in front of me and it was um you'd say hey ho yeah I I say hey ho all the time (laughs) you've never said hey ho to me I want you to start saying it to me (laughs) I like hey ho that's good I want some hey ho I've never said hey ho I I think that's not what my message says i'm going <laughs> straight to your form now everybody go to the vendor's form subscribe to my blog and see what happens <laughs> but the um the other one which we haven't talked about is alt tags on images and, are you cheeky with them are you oh nice yeah and uh, yeah i mean i know um someone actually emailed me and said oh i love the i love the alt tags on your on your images and I usually just, you know, I try and get a keyword in there or whatever, but I just try and make them a little bit more interesting so that if someone hasn't got the image, that the the copy they're reading is just a little bit more interesting. I'm going to go and look now and see if you've written hey-ho in your alt tags. (laughs) We're all going to be like hovering over images on your site to sort of see what's in there, like... I don't know. What could be in there? Oh, what, crikey, what, I'm going to go and check what, now. What weird, freaky phrases are in your alt tags? You could really kind of have quite a subversive site that had, like, satanic messages in your alt tags. No, only, no. There's nothing satanic. Okay. No, there's and also, nothing. the other one you were going to mention, I think, was 404 error pages. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on that. I love a good 404 error page. Oh, absolutely. And these, like, these can be a bit longer, um, but obviously it's another great example um, of a way someone's had a problem, they know they've got a problem and this is your opportunity to keep them connected with you, your brand and your website um, and without overloading them with lots of copies. So, yeah, 404 pages and there's tons of examples on the interwebs about how to write great ones. I've actually written a blog post about 404 pages, so I think I'll include that. Yeah, do that, do that. Then you can check ours out as well. Just just put hashtag no backslash piglet or something like that and then you'll be able to see you know you can see mine i think i I wrote mine a while ago i think it says something like this page has gone to a far distant land i know not when it will come back i don't know but it's some wibbly waffle but people have commented on that as well so there you go you've got your satanic alt tags and our and your hey hoes and i've got my uh, 404 (laughs) anyway so look um before we continue uh, just a little warning before we get into our tips Uh, microcopy is great but microcopy copy can't fix every usability issue you know the best websites have minimal microcopy because they're intuitive you know they don't they've actually worked hard to solve the problem so i guess what i'm saying is you can't just microcopy your way out of a really bad form um, so if you're writing if you you know you've you've got a form and there's an issue with it and people are stumbling at that point if you find yourself writing two or three sentences to explain what the user needs to do next then you need to stop yeah. it's a one liner yeah. you know perhaps it's time to take a fresh look at how that element has been decided, designed or coded. Um, and in fact, if you're worried about usability, oh, I've got something to share. It might be worth checking out my new template I've just created. It's called the Speedy Website Review Checklist. And it takes you through about 60 different usability checks in a kind of neat little fillable outable PDF. So I'll pop that in the nice. show notes. Um, and that, you know, because usability is really, really important. You know, if you if you're writing copy that says things like 
To access this, roll over the navigation and a menu will appear. Then click on this and follow the menu. You know, it's like, no, geez, what are you doing? Too much. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into our tips uh, on how to write awesome micro copy. Do do you want to go first, Belinda? Yeah, I think I'm going to re- recap on the one I just said is is making a conversation, like make it something that you would actually say to a human being in front of you and that means not being overly formal because like you've already mentioned, these robotic error messages, like your form contains errors, please rectify and resubmit. It's just, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. When you could say something simple like, oh, no, something went wrong. Why don't you try again? Um, and... But of course, you don't want to overdo it. All that all that we're talking about here is everything has to fit with your brand or your client's brand, whoever you're writing for. You don't want to be kooky and weird and hilarious if that's not your brand. Because, like you said about being cohesive, it's not going to fit. So you know, make sure it fits with the the brand personality um, and make it conversational. And and and, and use a hey ho. I think that would be my <laughs> top tip. <laughs> Cheeky hey-ho. My um, tip is to be positive. The last thing you want when using a form is to feel small and stupid. Uh, So, you know, not that anyone would, but you'd be surprised that some of the defaults actually sound a bit like mean, you know, like you made a mistake try again. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, maybe I'm just having a bad day and reading tone into that microcopy and it's making me cry. But it's really important to use a positive tone in your microcopy um, and make your users feel awesome about using your site. Um, If you have to say something negative, try and say it nicely. There's a nice example here from Google uh, Plus. I will include it in the show notes. Um, And it's when you try and upload a photo and the photo is not big enough. Uh, But rather than saying your photo does not have the correct dimensions, retry uploading a different one. It says, this photo is very small. Do you have a better Mm. one? And I thought that was really quite nice. The microcopy doesn't have to make you feel stupid for having a tiny photo. In fact, it's so lovely and friendly that I want to hug it. I like that. <laughs> it's a beautiful photo, but it could just be a touch bigger. Want to try again, sweet pea? I like that. <laughs> made me feel good. Uh, well, my next one is, is I just, you know, want to touch on that kind of quirkiness again. I think it's worth talking about because sometimes um, super quirky copy just seems really desperate. I don't know if you found that, Kate. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I was just talking with someone the other day and I don't want to dismiss a whole school of people, but this this thing at the moment that everyone has for writing things like, hey, lovely, on their site, you know, that thing at the moment, if you've seen, it's been going for a couple of years, but, you know, hey, sweet cheeks, hey, sugar muffin. (laughs) And, and, I mean, that's in a way kind of microcopy. It's kind of introduction. But, yeah, it's it's saccharine and, and hideous. Yeah. So you've got to be really careful. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've got to – we'll include a link um, to this article, Five Ways Not to Write Funny Microcopy by a guy called Neil Wheatley. And um, there's this great quote about when brands try too hard. Instead of saying, we're really cool to me, they say, we're desperate for you to like us. And I think that's pretty much it. So, mm. you know, quirky brand tone works great. And it can be really fun on 404 error pages and confirmation messages and stuff like that. But I don't think, like you said, you don't want to um, make the navigation or the step or the point of it unclear. Yeah. Because this is all about making it easy for someone to take the next step. Yeah, like the example I had was, you know, I saw, I think it was a long time ago, I saw a site that was like, instead of tell us your email address, it was something like, hey, shoot us your edits. 
And it's just like, what are edits? You know, yeah. you're really you're like a, you know, sad dad disco dancing at a kid's birthday party. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're just embarrassing yourself and me. Um, the next thing I would suggest is do some simple testing. Now, we can't all afford, um, you know, A-B testing software and blah, 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 blah. But we, you know, we can't afford to hire a focus group of demographically matched users to review our website. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't test your site. And a while back, I used to use the mom test method, the MTM method. Have you used the MTM method ever, Belinda? Um, I think I have, Yes. Okay, so MTM, obviously mum test method, it can also be referred to as DTM, which is the yeah. dad test method. Uh, basically, it means <laughs> DTM is good too. Um, also, CTM, which is the child test method, but your child probably needs, your child's probably more intelligent and savvy at websites than you are, um, even if it's still in the womb with probably better internet than quite a lot of people. But anyway, it means that you give your website to your mum or some person and ask them to carry out a few simple tasks. And if you can watch over, over their shoulder, great. If not, Skype them and just ask them to verbalize what they're doing on the site. Listen to how they use the site. Where do they get stuck? Ask her to read things out. What words does she stumble over? Make a list and then see if you can fix some with carefully written microcopy. Unfortunately, it doesn't work anymore because my mom's super tech savvy, so I need to find another tester. But another little bonus tip here is um, you can use a software like Hotjar. There are lots of softwares which are kind of usability testing tools. Hotjar, what it does is it... Um, puts a skin over your site and shows you heat spots and things like that where people dwell on your site. Now, dwell can be great if it's over a great headline or over something, but if someone's dwelling for a long time over a part of the form and then they actually, it's also their exit point, then that's a great point for you to go, what is happening at that bit of the form? What don't they get? Could a bit of microcopy help me there? So yeah, mum test method or some kind of hot jar technology that helps you see what users how users are interacting with your site. Nice, nice. Nice. Um, my next one is keeping it short and health helpful because the point of micro copy is that it's micro and, you know, your customer um, does, if they're having a bit of a hiccup, they don't need to read multiple sentences to complete the contact form. Like you said, if you need to explain it in that much detail, think about your usability, take a step back. Um, so it's supposed to be, short and brief. You have to keep it succinct. You have to make it clear. So unambiguous language, short, snappy sentences. Don't try and be cool for school. Cleverness, um, clarity over cleverness is what I always say. And I think that applies here. Yes. Yeah. Like you want to boost someone's confidence, confidence yeah. to keep on going, not kind of, you know, try and make them laugh out loud as they yeah. feel your form. Um, the next one I'd say is pick your moment. Only display microcopy when you have absolute, I can't speak, absolutely have to. Ask yourself, is this the best time to display it? Does Don't disrupt a user's flow if you don't have to. So don't overdo microcopy. Now you've discovered it, you might be like, oh, I'm going to add some here and I'm going to add some there. Because you're like, oh, it's fun. It's a great way to add some tone. But no, it should be minimal. You know, Microcopy has recently sort of come under the spotlight probably in the last sort of three to four years as brands kind of realize how incredibly important it is to the overall sales process. Um, but yeah, I, I think you've got to pick your moment. Um, and I think, you know, 
what we can start this microcopy process by looking at our own websites, uh, get the hang of it, uh, you know, try it out, put fiddle around with our contact forms, and you know, then we can start passing this on to our client. And when we, you know, we're writing their contact form instead of just listing out the fields, maybe give them five or six options for error messages on that contact form. They'll be impressed that you've even gone to that effort to do that, and uh, I think they'll, they'll think it's pretty awesome. So there you go. So, look, I think writing microcopy is one of the funnest, most fun bits of copywriting. I, I think it's a place to get silly, obviously not too silly, uh, but there is an art to it. Um, and I hope this podcast has helped you get started on the right track. So there we go. We're done, Melinda, and now it's time to say goodbye. And as our regular listeners will know, this is the time that we read out a review of the show. And today we're giving a shout out to Katie Matthews in the UK. Hello, Katie. And she just says, short and succinct, it was microcopy in itself. Really enjoying binging on these episodes. So helpful. Thank you. We get a lot of binges. I think people sometimes just like load up 10 episodes and just chug through them. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, And thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. Then you'll never miss a show. And also, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you heard this pod. It will help others find the show and it will make me and Belinda happy. You can also head to hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. You'll also find links there to Belinda's blog about 404 errors and my fabulous new checklist and a few screen grabs and things that we've mentioned in the podcast today. So thank you very much, Belinda. Thank you very much, Kate. Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Anyway, do we have any growing up things to talk about? No, not really.